It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Okay, so if you are a leader that's interested in investing in others and really maximizing the impact that you can have on others, I believe that this talk is going to be extremely valuable. So I'm excited to have Chris Miroff back. Uh, Chris, you've been on previous episodes. We've talked in depth about what you're doing, your new book, Align. Um, CEO, founder of MSB Ventures. You've got your hands into everything from restaurants to consulting companies to coffee shops to event catering to helping schools. I mean, there's anything you don't do? Uh, no, N- no. Not yet? I'm willing no. to do anything. I-, I missed the physical therapy clinic. Physical therapy. My bad. Yep. Sorry about that. No yeah. worries. Okay. Um, we need to take on Tom's, man. We're gonna, we're, what one-for-one model are we going to do? Maybe tackle underwear? Underwear? I'm fine with Buy underwear. Buy a pair, give a pair underwear. Yeah. Something. I mean, we got all kinds of creative ideas. So you just um, gave a talk at National Youth Workers Convention, and I want to go into a little bit more detail because um, with that short time frame we had, we didn't get to go into, we missed some key parts of it. And we're sitting here talking to leaders about how to really maximize their influence. And, and you're really telling a story of your journey and how you've grown in your own leadership. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are wrestling with this concept because they're doing stuff, but they're not sure if it's making the difference they want. And I, I heard you in that session talk about looking at it through the lens of, of an investor and a return on investment, all kinds of cool things. So I want to dive into that. So let's, let's talk about invest to influence and some of the four key points that you outline. So where does it start for you as a leader? What do we need to start thinking about? Well, where it starts for me is going back to um, uh, what you talked about at the beginning, which was a lot of accomplishment. I mean, a lot has been done. Um, and when I was 40 years old, so about six years ago, um, when confronted with success, mm-hmm. um, what was the only thing that was missing? And for me, that was intimacy. Um, just feeling like I got a lot done, but I was just really alone okay. um, is where these leadership guiding principles, these four concepts really came from. Which is, and that's important because a lot of people feel like what's missing is the success, then fulfillment will be there. But you're saying, no, 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 I've, I got to that, and it still was lacking. It was lacking. There was yeah. something missing. Um, I remember being with a really good close friend of mine who um, asked me a, a kind of a, a benign question, which was, um, who have you got in your life that you can celebrate um, at a real deep level mm-hmm. with in your success? Yes. And um, I just kind of looking around, I had... A lot of friends. I mean, all over the planet, honestly, mm-hmm. um, in uh, global missions, um, in local ministry, local business. Um, but what was missing for me was this feeling like when I would go share with them the success that they would intimately understand what that meant to me. And mm-hmm. that just wasn't there. So I just didn't have any intimate friends. So what did you do about that? So what was your... What, you must have tried things that failed. You got, yeah. And so what... 
What was that journey like? Where did the aha moment come from? I think it started with a really good friend of mine who underscored um, a book that he read called Gung Ho and the concepts okay. around like how do you rally people toward a purpose or a destination a success that you want to reach. Right. Um, and for me, that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, it, it really missed some of the marks of intimacy, mm -hmm. which, I mean, it, I still am uncomfortable saying that word. Right. But yeah. Well, you don't, not, you don't normally hear it in yeah. context of, especially the business world right. or leadership. Yeah. And I heard it in no aspect of my life. So yeah. um, the concepts around having someone that you can share your... Um, emotion with in in a really raw format mm -hmm. being vulnerable it right. just wasn't a part of my upbringing and yeah. that was really the beginning casting vision which is one of the uh, four um, leadership guiding principles yes. that one came more naturally to me okay but I always put that on the receiver not yeah. on the giver okay so it became the responsibility of who I was with to catch my vision mm -hmm. instead of me really becoming a student on how to cast my vision okay so okay i think that's so let's start there so mm -hmm. casting vision is one of these first pillars we're trying to maximize our influence and investing in others um i i feel like that's something everyone hears it's in every single mm -hmm. business book ever printed that's right and we're like okay casting vision telling people where we're going and inviting them along on the journey what are we missing what do you what did you how did you wrestle with this differently what, what is casting vision to you yeah, it <clears throat> it went back to that concept of um, how detailed my thinking is. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was a journey of why is it that every time I'm in a conversation, people always feel like they're behind? Like yeah. they're always catching up to where my mind, I'm always yeah. way down the path. And I, I take ideas and I, I run through them over and over and i know i'm not unique in that right um, a lot of people do that they take an idea concept and they just mull it over forever yes well then what comes out is this tiny sliver of the actual vision mm -hmm. and i got tired of always having to catch people up i said no i'm going to take a proactive approach to try to get it all out there as many times as I can until they really comprehend my vision and where I'm, where I'm looking to go. So you're saying you're, so casting vision isn't a vision statement that goes on a wall. What do you, how often are you communicating vision and in what ways are you communicating vision? Cause you're saying it's ongoing. It it's, doesn't stop. It's ongoing. How you do that is going to be m many different forms. There's kind of like, um, like this concept of inspiration right. where you can maybe get up in front of a large group of people, say something, and have people say, yeah, that's, I believe in that or I want to be a part of that. Well, if that doesn't spur action on their part, then you haven't cast the vision yet. Yes. It's going to take intimate, one-on-one -on -one conversations, face-to-face. -face. I tell my crew all the time, you can't cast vision over the phone and you can't cast vision through text or through the written word. Mm -hmm. It must be eye-to-eye. -eye communicating exactly what I'm thinking and what I see for the future. Yeah, this sounds a lot like marriage principles I had to learn very early on with my wife in communication. It, it, I can say something out loud, but I don't know if she received it that way until I do some sort of checkpoint. And what I hear you saying is like, good, cast vision out to everybody, but then you have to go back one-on-one -on -one and, and it's almost like, what did you hear me say? You got it. You got to ask in. them. It's exactly yeah. right. You got to ask them. Yeah. What yeah. are what do you picture in right. my vision? Right. Yes. Right. And then and then in the process of doing that, someone may have interpreted the vision and thought of something that you hadn't thought of. Exactly. And so when they're sharing it back to you, 
you're like, wow, that's good. And I hadn't thought about that. And I love that. That's the idea aiding or whatever you want to call it. But where they're sharing that back to me and it does open my mind and my horizons on what that vision could be. It changes what that vision is because now I've got another human being Mm -hmm. with their own worldview that's adding. But if you never get them to speak back to you about it, you just really miss out on a fuller vision. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So you're... So you're casting vision, you're following up, you're being intentional, you're having conversations, you're continually doing it. What, what's, what's the next step? Once you know that you have somebody who's with you, in other words, they get at least the basic concept of your vision, they've been able to say it back to you, you know right. they're on board. Right. Yeah, you're two different people, so you have maybe slightly different mm-hmm. versions of the vision, mm-hmm. but that's okay. That allows for empathy to be the second guiding principle. And that's saying to that person, you're more important than my vision. Mm -hmm. When things go go terribly wrong, when they're going through something personally, professionally, whatever it might be, I am going to say, let's take a break on this vision for a second and let's double down on what's going on with you. How can I end loneliness for you? Because I already know we're together on this vision, but there's something that's happened that's keeping you from this vision. So this is interesting. If I had to guess, if you were to tell me, guess your four bullet points, and it started with casting vision, I would have guessed next it would have something to do with finding a task or a role to jump into, and then like empathy. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? I just cast the vision. Here's your role. So go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that literally was my MO. I mean, uh-huh. that's what I used to do was, right. okay, go. I mean, we're in it together, right? Like, yeah. what else do I need to explain to you? Right, right. <laughs> you have a what? An emotion? Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Uh-huh. Uh, if Unless you're saying happy, sad, mad, I don't get it. Uh-huh. Um, I joke all the time that I have... Um, I have emotional, emotional unintelligence because I only have three <laughs> words. Okay. Um, so empathy brought uh-huh. in this new concept. And it was really a good friend of mine who just said, hey, if you can figure out how to end loneliness for another human being, which is this not physical loneliness. We're right. talking about emotional loneliness. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Yes. Well, the reason I struggled, I was not raised with empathy in my vocabulary. The concept Mm -hmm. seemed Mm -hmm. like a waste of time. What other motivations do you need? Like, Mm -hmm. we're already on the same page. We want to get to the same things. Let's just go. Mm -hmm. Suck it up. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. if you feel a certain way, you don't want to feel that way, don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Choose to feel something else. Um, But now that I've gotten down this road, I realize, no, that only comes through getting rid of loneliness. And for me, mm-hmm. now the concept is, yeah, there's, there's this vision that I'm a part of. I, I love it. I want to get there. But right now, this thing happened over here. This person may have said something. I'm feeling kind of bad. Um, I'm feeling discouraged. I would love for somebody to look at me and say, dude, I hate that for you. Like, I, I don't want you to feel discouraged, but I get it. I've been there. And as long as I know mm-hmm. I'm not alone and I can talk about it, now I can re-engage with that vision. It, it, this is interesting because a lot of times as leaders, we're moving so fast, we're overlooking so many things, and w- when we assume, when we see somebody show up, execute a job, do it consistently with excellence, yep. we assume that person must be fulfilled, otherwise they wouldn't be doing what they're That's doing right. consistently, but then we never take it to that deeper level, right? They, there, right. Could, there could be... Uh, a real disconnect that is slowly burning them out to the point where one day they just put in their notice. They're no longer serving, volunteering, working for you, and you didn't see it coming. And 
a lot of it has to do with that connection they did or didn't have with their leader, their team, their people. Yeah, so, without connection, yeah. the greatest accomplishment in the world is wasted. Yeah. And, and that, I'm speaking about me personally. Yeah. I've accomplished a lot. And yet every time that I accomplished it alone, emotionally, it just was wasted. Yeah. It would have been so much better. Now I keep looking around. Every time I cross a finish line, yeah. and I'm all about winning. Yeah. Man, winning is unfortunately yeah. sometimes too much. I, I, I get that yeah. competitive yeah. spirit. I'm with you. Yeah. But now I just want to win with people. Right. And if I look around after I've crossed the finish line and my people aren't with me, yeah. a waste. It's unfulfilling. That's good. So you, So in your leadership journey, you've seen a shift. You started to really empathize with others. And when you did, what were some of the fruits of that that you were seeing? The fruits of that came in the concept of real intimacy. Um, okay. And out of intimacy comes permission of uh, vulnerability. Yeah. And then what you find out is that nobody's got it figured out. Yeah. And lo and behold, we're all just doing the best we can mm -hmm. with the data that's in front of us. And that was freeing for me yeah. to think about somebody who I might hold in high regard. As soon as it got to be an intimate relationship and vulnerability came out of that intimacy, right. it was like, well, no, that's just a dude or, or that's just a lady who's going through the same things I'm going through. And it just gave me a lot of hope that we can all figure this thing out. Yeah. And I think for people that don't know you, it would be hard to really see the power of of the impact of this because they would see around you a team of what you call managing partners who are running all these ventures and working with you. And to any other organization outside looking in, it's just your staff. Right. But, but but when you start to invest the influence like you're doing, you see these guys as some of your closest friends on they the planet. Are. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. They provide me with uh, this antidote to loneliness. Mm -hmm. And man, once you have it, you will tend to lean into it. Yeah. Um, I say all the time when I'm alone with yeah. my thoughts, I lie to myself all the time. Yeah. Um, I am never good enough. Mm -hmm. um, I go back to the chubby middle school kid <laughs> that wasn't good at anything. Okay. And that's who I see in the mirror. Yeah. I rely on the community that I have and my managing partners in my team mm -hmm. to remind me who I am and who I was created to be. Yeah. And that only comes through intimacy. Yeah, I love that. So there's not, I don't think there's anyone listening who doesn't want that kind of setup where you're you feel like you're on a shared mission and journey with some of your closest friends together that's right that would be the ideal scenario yeah it's the only way to get rid of the boss mentality right because that's anytime you're dealing with money or paychecks it it gets right. it can get awkward it's awkward right uh, how do you solve that i think it's through this intimacy this community Brilliant. So now there's a third step in the process. You ref you're talking about empowerment. So where did yep. talk to us about that? Well, empowerment is like my my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you got a problem, man. I want to empower you. Yeah. Um, my poor wife, 20 plus years of marriage, and um, all I wanted to give her was empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, anything she's feeling, well, let me give you these reasons why you shouldn't feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, empowerment is where I go to naturally. If I have to fight it. Mm -hmm. every second of every day, not to just try to encourage or empower. Mm -hmm. When invited, though, it is amazingly powerful in people's lives. And so for me, it's doubling down on casting vision, on empathizing in such a way that now somebody will invite empowerment. I've been in conversations where I've been focused on empathy 
and the person I'm with will finally turn to me and say, man, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling a lot better, mm -hmm. but now help me. Tell me what to do next. Right. That's when you know you're ready for empowerment. Wow. So, uh, man, it's so hard because I just, I want to cast vision and then I want to empower. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just, <laughs> I, it really is difficult. So what are some... What are what are some of the ways you've seen people fail when it comes to empowerment? Because I think a lot of people feel like they're doing it and doing it well, right? But they're really not. So what are some of the big misses that you see? I'll, I'll talk about my misses. Okay. Um, and that is um, being too willing to speak. Okay. You know, um, empowerment for me when I know it's the right time is when it's born out of silence. Mm. And so... I just I just have to shut up. I mean, most of the time, yeah. if I'm just present with somebody, right, they will finally turn and ask me like, "What to do next?" And it's not that I'm offering this sage counsel all the time to uh -huh. empower them. It's a lot of it's asking them, well, "What do you think is next in yeah. this situation?" Yes, and really building for them the concept of teaching them how to fish rather than just handing them a fish. Yes. So empowerment to me isn't the problem solver. Yeah. Or the concept, like, again, that sage counsel, it's letting them right. figure out their own path. Silence yeah. is key. So I spent, before I moved into ministry, I spent nine years in the corporate world. And I can't remember a single time where a boss or a leader ever came to me and said, what do you think? Yeah. Like, right. they always had the answer. They had the answer. So all I needed to do is just tell me what to do. Right. Tell me what you need done. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it was a little bit, I was okay with that because if I mess it up, it's your fault. You told me to it's do your it. You're bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas. Safer. Right. Right. Is if I'm bringing my ideas to the table and you're giving me freedom to execute on them. Well, wow. That's that. That could come back on me because, you know, it's a scarier. It's, it's a scarier place to be because yeah. now you're taking the risk on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I, I don't think that happens enough in the context of of small business, medium business, large ministry, it doesn't matter. You know, we're by nature, when people get excited about a vision, their next step is to like, just say, put me in boss, you yeah. know, get Let's me in go. the game. Let me tell me what to do. But if we slow that down enough and, and you're really, again, this is invest to influence, yeah. not quickly achieve a goal as fast as possible. Right. right. That could be a different set of steps. Different steps. Yep. Right. Because I heard you say in the session earlier, thinking legacy long term, yeah. like what is your influence over the over the people you're leading, you know, for the next 20, 30, 40 years, however you're going to be on this earth. You know? Yeah. And right. I've I've told my crew all the time um, this journey really went through the concept because problem solving mm -hmm. man, that was my gig and yeah. it was like a high. Yeah. Well, there's no bulletin board in the sky that lists out every problem I've solved. Um, somebody I just hired in my organization yesterday doesn't care. Yeah. Right? They, they, they don't care. They don't know about it. It's meaningless to them. Yeah. But how I show up for them mm -hmm. with these leadership guiding principles, right. that is my legacy. This is great. Yeah. And so and, and uh, to dive into the leadership guiding principles, we're going to do that here on this episode. But I do want to encourage people who are listening to really uh, go get a copy of, of the book Align. And uh, I know you have an audio ver version. It'll be out at some point yes. here, here pretty soon. Yep. Um, so that would be a great way to do it because you, you talk a lot about guiding principles in the book. And that's, again, something that we overlook uh, on our journey to our end destination that, that is, is very important. Um, but go back to this. So the idea of invest to influence, 
there's um, a fourth point we have here on yeah. exercising judgment. judgment. Yeah, yeah, being decisive. Okay. Um, <clears throat> most leaders think that this is like their obligation is to pull the trigger on tough decisions or procrastinate on tough decisions. A lot of leaders are kind of in between. Okay. Uh, they could go either way. Um, what we want people to realize is that leadership, mm -hmm. when you get to the point of decision, mm -hmm. it's an act of service, not authority. Okay. And this is the biggest litmus test on how well you've done with casting vision, empathizing, and empowering. If you make a decision and everybody wants to second guess you, everybody's bucking your decision, then you know that you've not led well prior to making that decision. Interesting. And so decision making is an act of service. It, it sucks to have to make a, a tough decision at the end of the day. Um, that, more than anything else, drives leaders to loneliness. Yeah. If you think about it, I'm going to make this decision. Everybody hates the decision. Everybody hates me. It, it further isolates leaders. Yes. But not, not when you've done it um, through the invest to influence mentality. Because you've invested, invested, invested. And now making a decision is an act of service, not authority. So are there any practical examples of doing that? What does that look like? Something that you've done and you feel like this decision is an act of service. Yes. Uh, a lot of it is bringing people along. Yeah. Um, again, my mind, I'm a problem solver by nature. Yeah. And my mind is, is going all the time. Mm -hmm. It's letting people in on that process. Right. And I can do that and think about vision. So if I'm vision casting, that means that I'm letting them in to what's going on in my own mind. Yeah. I'm letting in letting them in on the vision of what that decision will end up being. Yeah. Rather than coming in and saying, "Hey, I've decided to do whatever." Mm -hmm. I've been bringing them through the conversation in my vision casting. Mm -hmm. All at the same time, I'm anticipating how they're going to emotionally respond to it. Mm -hmm. That's part of empathy. Right. I'm already thinking about, "Well, I know so and so is going through a rough a rough time at home, and so a major change at work is going to add to that insecurity." Mm -hmm. So I can already be thinking about that even before I bring them the decision. Yes. At the same time, yeah. I'm empowering them toward the vision. Mm -hmm. I'm reminding them why we're here, where we're going, and why that's important to all of us. So all three of those mm -hmm. are an incredible act of service. And now when I make the decision, I, I'm bringing them into the decision as if they were owners with me. And that's a completely different way to view decision making. So one of the, I think one of my favorite examples of how I'm seeing you live this out, and now I'm, I'm, I'm learning from this and thinking, how do I, here's how Chris is doing it with his for-profit businesses. How can I do it with my nonprofit ministry? Um, every six weeks, you're literally shutting your company down to do what you call MSBU, which is basically a time to bring everybody together. You're renting out, you know, conference center, hotel, ballroom, and you're, you're, I'm seeing these principles at play, right? You're, you're creating space to cast vision. You're creating space for their voice to be heard, for empathy to take place, for your leaders who are even leading those sessions to empower. Like the whole gamut is happening every six weeks. You're, That's you're, right. You're like clockwork. This is what I'm doing. I'm investing in you. I'm serving you as we all grow personally, professionally, together. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just flattening your org chart. Yeah. Uh, you remove layers um, and you just get back to human beings. Yeah. How would I want to be treated? Well, right. 
doesn't matter what organization I'm a part of. I would just like to know I have a say. Yeah. And it's not that I want the responsibility of decision making. Yeah. I just want to be heard. Yeah. I want to be known and I want to be valued. I think it's important to for me to make this distinction for people who are listening and haven't actually experienced this. Because what we're not talking about is you're not shutting your company down every six weeks to teach them how to do TPS reports better. Right? right. Or, That's right. Or, or to fill out Excel spreadsheets. Yes. No. This isn't, this isn't a training day. This is an investment in every single person, who they are yeah. and who they're becoming as leaders. Right. It's something that's applied to every aspect of their life. And so when I experience it for the first time, looking at it through the lens of even a Christian ministry, I'm thinking, what an idiot. Why haven't I been doing this kind of thing on a more consistent basis. I'm shooting out my encouraging emails and trying to do stuff here and there, but why don't I stop at least quarterly? I can afford to do that quarterly, bring everybody together and just encourage and love the hell out of them and just say, hey, so let's celebrate wins. Let's let's connect with the issues that we're seeing and let's let's talk about it. Let's let me hear your ideas and and let me figure out how I can support you in solving that problem. Like, you know, it's, it's a huge paradigm shift. I mean, the biggest stressor I feel, and I'm, and I'm thrilled that this is my stressor is not having enough time for every single one of my employees individually. That's not something you're going to hear very often from a CEO that, and that's, that's pretty key because that gets back to the heartbeat of all this, which is really servant leadership. Yeah. Right. right, loving and serving people to um, fulfillment is is the purpose of leadership, in my opinion. And so now, I hate the fact that you know I've I've got a smaller team that I'm directly influencing, um, and I'm and I'm not able to meet with everyone in the organization in the same meaningful way. Mm-hmm. That is the greatest level of stress that I feel. I love it, I, and I feel like we could just I could just sit there for a minute and analyze my own leadership through that lens of what you just said. Does my heart ache because I haven't had enough time to connect one-on-one with everybody around me? You know, and I think that that's kind of telling of a little bit of, of a little bit my nature, who I am and what do I want to do? Because I am more comfortable architecting and directing yes. and less pastoring. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's a there's a there's a combination of all of it. Yeah. That is needed. And and so I mean, there's a reason they say leadership is difficult. It is. It is. It's hard. Yeah. But so it, fulfilling. Love it. Well, it's fulfilling when you you've gone through and done it the wrong way and learned from it. Exactly. And they're starting to adjust. That's right. And now you're tapping into that fulfillment and helping other people do it, too. Yeah. Um, so. You know, again, uh, the book is a line. It's really one in a series of books that you're going to be it putting is. out. So people need to be following you, listening, and watching because you're you're constantly. You have a whole team behind you that's I do in, in the process of doing workbooks, curriculum, online courses. There's all kinds of cool stuff coming out. So uh, chrismeroff.com, M E R O F F. That's it. Uh, and then uh, social tags at Chris Miroff, Instagram, whatever. I got to get you I got to get you on TikTok. How do we get you on TikTok, man? Uh yeah, we can yeah. get there. Yeah, we get I've got there? people for that. Do you? All right. Yeah, yeah, they'll catch that vision. <laughs> oh, no, no, I want to see you <laughs> singing and dancing on TikTok. Okay. And then we're going to take over okay. the world. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk to my publicist and see what they no, Yeah. No, no, I'll, no, no. I'll do whatever they tell I me. I want to see your publicist. Okay. okay. I want to okay. see you on all right, TikTok. All right. All right. It's a date. All right. Love it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. All right. 
For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.